0: And when I got this sort of assignment, I thought to myself, what am I going to tell people here about the Ten Commandments with uh, the group here on Wednesday nights? uh, They have so much knowledge and things and and probably have read it a hundred different times. Well, my tack tonight is I went with some information I got from some of the commentaries and things Uh, One is from the Rose Library. That's uh, some things up here. And if anybody's interested in picking one of those up, I have about 12 of them. The other one was from my uh, computer program. It's Logos. It's a Logos program. And they brought up a lot of interesting, I thought, facts and things about the Ten Commandments. Went through and kind of... uh, overdid it again. I have like 51 slides, so we we will go through the slides, uh, try to hit the high points and stuff, but this is where it starts with the Ten Commandments. Don't tell me it's not going to work. Technology break.
1: The 11th Commandment, Murphy, Murphy's Law. <laughs>
0: there it is. Jake, was that manuscript, Exodus 20? That was from Exodus, yeah. Let me dismiss my message. Okay. Now, uh, this whole idea of the Ten Commandments was, uh, it was a covenant, and it was given between God and, and his people. It was given uh, uh, there. And we know that uh, God promised to take care of his people if they would remain faithful. And if you know any of the history of the Old Testament, uh, they were not faithful. It seemed like they went through a lot of problems with that. the Ten Commandments really have two origins in the Bible. The one, the Exodus, is the one that we we uh, use. I also have the one from Deuteronomy, and there you can see it's Exodus 20, 1 through 17, and then Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 21. The text is very similar. There's not many differences there. So uh, the the, sal- the idea of having those it's a a covenant, meaning that you do something, I'll do something. That's really uh, sort of the bottom line when you talk about a covenant. So it's what God gave us. The first four, they deal with our attitude, our relationship to God, while the last six focus on our relationship to each other. As we go through these, uh, I'm gonna go through uh, sort of a a pattern I'll go through sort of the uh, initiation of that particular uh, uh, commandment. Uh, and this it, that commandment is really going to be referenced here if anybody is interested in those. I have about 20. But then we're going to look at some of the information I gathered from Logos. So that's going to be the idea. OK, Exodus 24, uh, 15 through 18. This sort of lays the track. Uh, another sort of uh, context I want to talk about, when Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it, uh, all the things within there, the cloud, it was a consuming fire, and he was up on that mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now this this really is after the Ten Commandments were given, but it gives you an idea of how much time he had to spend up there uh, when... Uh, when he was up there. Also, what was the symbol there? The symbol was a consuming fire and clouds. There's no idol, there's no snake, there's no uh, golden calf. Just going through, this is Exodus 21 through four. Just go through them real quick. I won't go through the ones in Deuteronomy, though I do have them there it says i am the lord your god you brought you out of egypt out of the land of slavery you shall have no other gods before me i emphasize that one you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below you shall not bow down to them Or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You can see what I emphasized in that. Going on. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, uh, a Sabbath to the Lord your God, or it, on it you shall not do any work Neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor your farm residing in your town. For in the sixth day, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on that seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may long live in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Okay, there is Deuteronomy. Again, just the highlight. There is keep the commandments. Again, that's all of them. Okay, the first one. Shall not have other gods before me. Uh, I was interested in that picture. Now it shows the golden calf that the uh, Israelites uh, made when Moses was up on the mountain. But I thought it was interesting. There's a cell phone. Sometimes we make our own gods and things like that. Um, A cell phone, we can make work our god, we can make uh, some experience, race car driving, anything like that. That there he's saying, you have no other gods before me. He is the single one. This particular, the first commandment, that I am the only god, Really can relate to almost every one of the other commandments, once you really get down to it. Very significance that
2: it's only women. About? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what's what's that story? Let's look at that again.
0: Jake. Oh, just, uh, I don't think I can go backwards. I'm sorry. What <laughs> <laughs> good
3: answer. Thank you, Jake.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, here are some of the things. This is from uh, the Rose Publishing. <clears throat> a God may be anything a person allows to rule his daily life. Boy, and and we have a lot of things that can rule our daily lives. Deities of other religious su- superstition, horoscopes, bad habits, uh, desire for money, fame, power. And there it is. I put the cell phone up there in italics that was my idea. Sometimes we can't leave the house without that. Um, in Exodus 34, 11, this is sort of their outline. This is what they give for a reference. It says, Obey what I command you today. I will drive out before you, the Amorites, everything, all the different uh, the tribes that were there. Be careful not to make a treaty with any of them or live in the land where they are going or they will be a snare among you. Break down their altars, smash their sacred, sacred stones, and cut down their asher poles. Do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. But it's still, the emphasis I wanna make is one God. Okay, before me, this was interesting. Uh, I went through in the Hebrew term there, uh, Alpaniah. I believe could be rendered several different ways before me, beside me, besides me, or over and against me it's one of the most fluid prepositional phrases in all of the Hebrew language and I believe God is intentionally saying to us uh, we ought not to have any other gods anywhere near us whether behind, before, besides, over, or against us Okay, the faith there, since I'm alone and God, thou shalt place all the confidence and trust and faith in me alone and no one else. As we go through the commandments, remember that it's trust and faith in me alone. This faith, this trust, this confidence from the heart's core is the true fulfilling of the first commandment. Without such faith. No work at all can satisfy, satisfy this command. And we go right to the golden calf. Uh, this is, thou shall not make uh, any graven images. We sort of already heard that, right, in the first commandment? Well, not make yourself an idol, unfortunately. This is going to be hard to read. Uh, Put your faith in God only. Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, the people got together, they took all their jewelry, they made that golden calf. They essentially, at least I would have come to that conclusion too, if he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, he was gone. That is what they did. And so up there, uh, God went through. uh, They had the conversation uh, that Aaron did. Well, the the sin of creating that image, that image of what he believed was, was God. He didn't know. Okay. So Moses up there, what did Moses see? There's my question when he was up there. He saw the real God. Yeah, but what was it, what did it, what image did it take? Yeah, there was really no image. It was clouds, it was, it was the fire. And that's again what I wanted to emphasize. So God tells him, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt already. Uh, again, I emphasize the idea the Old Testament has many stories about them failing. The idol worship, we see here the second command warns against the improper use of images for worshiping uh, Yahweh, the one true God. It doesn't warn against pagan idol worship. That's the concern of the first commandment. There is only one God but it warns against worship in inappropriate ways, rendering unto the right God. At least that's what the folks uh, gave from uh, Logos. Deuteronomy expands on this. Uh, I just go down there. God has revealed himself uh, in certain ways. God has not revealed himself in other ways. We are called to trust God to teach us how to worship him. He had didn't take any shape. It was all there uh, as smoke and fire. You know, smoke and mirrors, I guess, would be one of the terms that we use. And we're worshiping by faith. Again, we receive this uh, through the entryway of the first commandment. Again, the only God. We trust God uh, and that fire uh, and. That trust goes down there to that bottom highlight. And yet we entrust that he hasn't seen fit to give us a picture or an image. Okay. That I think is important to understand. The one God, he chose not to give us an image to make uh, in front of us.
3: I think it's important to recognize as soon as we create an image of what God is, We've
0: limited it. Exactly. Uh, I mean, when you go back and think about all that, when we have no, God has no limits. And exactly what you said, Ted, when you create an image or have some other thing in front of you that you say represents God, you're limiting him right there. I, I agree with that.
2: Well, you're also in danger of making that item your God instead of God. Exactly. In places your focus
0: I like this if you must curse use your own name mm-hmm. um, but uh, now we're going to talk about uh, keeping uh, uh, making sure we don't use uh, the God God's name in vain okay shall not misuse the Lord your God. You treat it with respect. You don't take it lightly. Many times we find that we take that lightly. And making promises too. Uh, The promise of the court. So help me God when they testify as a court. This is a name that, uh, this name is the name that raised uh, people from the dead. He caused the blind to see. Paraly- the paralyzed to walk he's the one that created everything he's the one that created the world and using his name in vain is it shows no respect whatsoever do not uh, swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God I am the Lord this is the other reference they have from Leviticus
1: there's another aspect of that uh- Jake, that we really need to consider. You know, Paul told Timothy, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yeah. And I can't help but remember when Elisha, after Elijah left him, was walking back and those boys came out and called him a bald man. Yeah. And he cursed him in the name of the Lord. And the she-bears came out and killed him. Uh, We have to be real careful on how we use God's name. And... I, I shudder every time I, I see the OMG. All oh yeah, and, and how vainly we, uh, our society is using.
0: Yeah, that's it like part of our culture today. When you see that OMG. <clears throat> okay, uh, I, this is really was something I I had looked at before. It's a tongue. <laughs> What we have in our mouths that really makes a difference. Uh, it's here, both this third commandment and then we'll get to the ninth commandment. Uh, that tongue can get us into so much so much trouble. Uh, the one thing I remember reading is, once something's said, you can't unsay it. And when, with that way, you're really uh, uh, at the right there with the highlight, our words matter. And when we use that, we really have to make sure we don't use those, the God, uh, God's name in vain when we talk about things. Uh, I thought this was interesting. This was from, again, that Logos uh, program I have. Uh, this is sometimes how Christians take God's name in vain. The ones I... I have up there that I highlighted when we, uh, <clears throat> especially slightly and inadvertently of his name, uh, the ones up there, there's different ones. Uh, when you use God's name uh, in idle uh, discourse, uh, when we make rash and unlawful vows, with the vow in the court, so help me God, things like that. I thought that was interesting, so you can take a look at those and comment on any of them. But then again, this is part of that Logos program that I use for reference material. Uh, uh, One of the other things they had, uh, people use God's name to win their point or win whatever they're promoting, almost as an advertisement. The example they used here was raising kids God's way. Okay, there's your bottom line. Unless everything in them is from a Bible verse, a jump and a presumption is being made that one's own determinations, opinions, and judgments are in fact bearing the authority of God. So that's another another one that they mentioned there when I went through and looked at the, the commentaries. Not
1: even Michael, the archangel, arguing with Satan over the body of Moses. He said, "The Lord rebuke you. Yeah, he does not, not. He does not make his give himself the authority to God." Ah,
0: moving on. This is remembering. Uh, the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This was a, a drawing again from uh, one of the Im- one of the drawings from Logos. Now the origin, I think, I didn't think about this enough, I guess. But the origin is right there in the Bible, in Genesis, first thing. God rested on the seventh day. Uh, he uh, instilled all that work he's done. I mean... That was a tired guy, I believe, or a tired uh, God when uh, he rested. But that, that was there for a reason, to rest, recuperate. Uh, but one of the interesting facts they pointed out, they even had problems with that, with the Israelites. They were saying that, well, you can't do anything on Sunday, well, not actually helping people. Anyone that was sick, anyone that needed food, anyone that was was maybe along the road and had problems and stuff. Uh, and that was something that was against that whole idea of that. Uh, the idea of uh, the manna also on Sunday. They had to gather a second uh, group to get them through Sunday. Uh, so that they could rest. Oh, one of the notes that I had. Uh, there was other traditions. In fact, I believe it was the the Jewish culture. They had fifty things they were prohibited from doing on Sunday. Uh, that was the idea. But this is not the intent of a Sunday. Uh, well, I kind of went ahead there, but. This is, uh, we have modern convenience, we <coughs> don't have to worry this, worry about this uh, so much, but uh, back then that uh, culture those people were in, when they saw that commandment, rest on the seventh day, I mean some of these people were, as the term we use is uh, from hand to mouth survival in agriculture, all this stuff. And they had to have faith, a symbol, that they were going to be able to survive on that Sabbath day without doing any work, without gathering and all that. Uh, The one, the, the middle one, I think I probably should have highlighted that. If God doesn't provide, it. If God doesn't care, if God doesn't guard, if God doesn't commit himself to his people and to their good, then the Sabbath renders us among all people the most foolish and sad. Now, honoring your father and your mother. This is, this is really uh, sort of hard for me because uh, when my, uh, my parents were in Pennsylvania and I was out here, they went through uh, some times and we had to go back and put them in a assisted living uh, and things. Uh, that was not what they wanted uh, a lot of times. But the honor, it's deserved. It really is deserved. Can you, when you look back, all I think everyone here is in, has been parents. So look at all the things parents do. They buy the groceries. They take care of uh, the medical appointments. They take them to soccer practice. All this. Uh, they deserve our gratitude. And even if they have, you have a bad relationship with that mother and father or the rest of your family. They deserve the gratitude just because of everything they've done uh, for you. They brought you into the world uh, and uh, as I was saying, that was hard for me to be away from my parents when they were in assisted living uh, across the country. Uh, They have a reference here about uh, Jesus in the temple speaking uh, and then uh, they ask him or his his parents why are you uh, no God or Jesus answered his parents why are you searching for me he asked didn't you know I had to be in my father's house when he was preaching I believe that was in the synagogue well write the second verse and then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them again there's the respect there's being grateful to uh, your mother and your father. Jake? Yes. That
3: commandment comes with a promise. You know, we're told that in Ephesians 6. <coughs> I don't know that if I have that or not.
0: No. Yeah, but that, that it does come with a promise because... Once you do take, you will live, what was it, 10,000 years? Uh, feet, I don't have my. Uh, it just says, may live long in the land. In, in the, the land, land. yeah. Verse <clears throat> 3, chapter 6,
1: three, That may be well with you, and may live us down in the
0: uh, Then some of the other ones that if you don't honor your mother and father, Right down here, uh, uh, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Uh, he expands this, whoever curses his father or mother shall be put to death. So that was pretty, uh, pretty big consequences for not honoring your mother and your father.
2: But then in Ephesians 6 it also says, fathers do not exist your children. Right? Yeah. So it yeah. kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Well, that how goes— can, I mean, how can you honor your parents if uh, they are abusive and—
0: Yeah, I think that was one of the things I struggled with because in this, they do say even if you have a bad relation uh, with your, your parents—best um, way of putting it, I don't have an answer. But yeah, that's a struggle when, uh, when all those things that a caring parent, let's say that, yeah. does for their kids, and when that's not done, uh, it's hard to be grateful. It's hard to show them respect, uh, especially uh, today with the things that can go on in in marriages and and things. So, it's that's tough. I don't have an answer.
1: <laughs> How many of us had perfect parents?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, none of us, okay. <laughs> and we're, we're not perfect parents to our children. That's another thing to remember. So all that uh, has to be taken into consideration, too. But yeah, that's tough when you're not given... You're not given the respect as a child that you have to give to your parents. I think the dividing line is what
3: Jesus said when he said, if you don't leave your father, mother, and sister, brother, follow me, lovers I'm number one, do what I want to do. Even if your parents tell you not to follow me, follow me. But then if it's just regular honoring and loving your parents and obeying them, that's Still in Jesus command to love
0: them. Yeah uh, This goes on with uh, the idea of parents, uh, I guess, mostly from a, a son or daughter's idea, but the first one there uh, as a son or daughter sometimes we're going to have to sacrifice some of our resources to be able to honor them, to show them we really care, uh, uh, helping to set up an assisted living, helping to uh, make arrangements for all that. We have to also take into consideration, we have to listen to their guidance. We have to listen to their wisdom. Uh, Those folks have have that many years uh, that they have had experiences that we haven't had yet. And they're trying to keep us safe. They're trying to uh, keep us informed. They're pr- trying to pass on wisdom that they had to learn in the, the field of hard knocks many times. And uh, a lot of kids today, well, I won't say that, but listen to that uh, the well being and they're sacrificing for their uh, kids' well-being. We're getting down to uh, the real quick ones, uh, Thou Shall Not Kill. Yeah. There, I believe that's uh, a depiction of Cain and Abel, I believe. Again, we talk, this brings us back to the only one God, and the God that has all the power. Personal revenge belongs to God. Uh, no revenge, killing, murder, suicide, abortion, uh, euthanasia, uh, mercy killing. Uh, uh, you have to essentially respect life because it was given. Uh, Genesis 9, 6, there's a reference. Whoever sheds uh, human blood by human beings shall their blood be shed. We're in the image of God has God has made mankind, so that was you don't take someone else's life that was given. We protect like life. There, the highlight that I highlighted there, I will demand an account for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds uh, human blood, again, this just reiterates what was on that uh, last slide. Um, uh, this is again from Genesis. Jake,
1: before you leave, does your military handle that
0: one? I think that's very easy to handle that one. Really? We're protecting the people that we represent in our country, when other people are trying to take lives from people in our country, we are protecting their lives. We protect life that way. I think
3: the the, the commandment, well, the commandments is murder rather than kill. Yeah, uh, it's still you should respect uh, all life, and but the. Uh, but it's more personal. And you find that uh, in uh, military actions, it really isn't personal, or shouldn't be. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's a difficult one, because the, the same god that said you shall not commit murder also told them to go and totally annihilate every man, woman, child, everything, including the flocks, uh, when they entered the With that, Yeah. So we had to be careful about, about trying to uh, say more than God did in this
0: commandment. Yeah, I mean, the, the good example that I think just came to my mind. You ever see any or read anything about uh, military actions where people have a overwhelming uh, superiority to a, an enemy that's around? And because there's actually no harm being done from that enemy right there, they'll let them pass. Uh, The the one German guard or something that just passing by when they have a whole squad of guys waiting to uh, go in and ambush, say, a uh, military gun site or something like that. Yeah, we are protecting life. We're protecting the life that we represent, I guess, is another way of putting it. And
1: modified in, the, in the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So when you cross the line, we've had a recent issue with the SEAL uh, team member. Yeah. And uh, about whether or not he crossed the line. So there's a difference. Even even the, uh, the secular world in the military recognizes, and the Geneva Convention also recognizes when you cross the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, we, we pay the price with our rules, too.
2: But then, um, I would think, I mean, what's your name? Ted said. (laughs) um, That it shouldn't be personal. But then, if somebody breaks in my house and is threatening my children or my husband, I hope he's there to protect me. No, you take care of (laughs) me. But, I mean, that to me is personal, personal because it's my personal family, well, that is, that personal. But, but the thing of it is, I want to protect them, and if I have to kill somebody to do it, I would have no qualms about it, I mean, it would kill me, but... But you're not planning it ahead of, before they get there, yeah. you're not saying, this person That's is true. coming yeah. to my house, is going to come to my house, you know, you're not planning it. You don't you're know just, that person, yeah. you're just protecting okay. your family,
1: yeah. it's not personal you don't even know him, he's just an intruder. Well, not, I mean,
2: in
3: the section that's highlighted, God says he's gonna demand an accounting for the life. Our government, in that case, there's gonna be an accounting. You're gonna to have to go and say, this is why I did what I did, and yeah. then it's determined Yeah. or wrong, wrong, wrong.
0: Are you doing that on orders, for like in the military? Yeah, or in, yeah. A,
3: in the situation somebody breaks in your house, is it justified or not?
1: Mm. The Amish Amish saying, which I mentioned Sunday last year, pardon me, neighbor, I would do thee no harm, but thou art standing where I'm about to (laughs)
0: shoot. That sounds like Pennsylvania, uh, an axiom from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Another thing I found interesting from this Logos was that uh, murder is more than physical killing. When you look at this, I'm, they're looking at these commandments in sort of it for almost general terms, uh, that uh, you shall not murder, we have already said that, and you'll be subject to uh, judgment, but I tell you there, anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment, just the way. Uh, anyone who kills someone. They used uh, anyone who says to a brother or sister, uh, raka, and I had to look that one up. It's an Aramaic term for contempt, uh, is answerable to uh, the the old court, the Sanhedrin, Uh, and anyone says you fool will be in danger of the fire. Again, there I mentioned fire as being that one uh, worship of one God. Obedience sometimes has uh, some cost. Blessing those who persecute you. Uh, uh, Bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone with evil. Uh, It's mine to avenge. I will repay. I think that's one of the things of anything that we do when we want to have revenge on someone. And what happens to us is we want to say, we want to avenge ourselves. Take care of it. It will never happen again. Well, when you avenge yourselves because you don't want it to do it again, uh, well, it's quite possible that someone else will steal from you or they will persecute persecute you. They will hit you again. So, uh, Never avenge yourself. Leave it to the wrath of God. You don't want to uh, essentially uh, take what is really the responsibility for God away from him. You want to let it uh, be that way.
1: So how many times do I have to turn
0: the other cheek? No, oh, seven times, times seven. Again. Yeah. Hundred,
2: seven. Yeah. That was Peter's
0: seven yeah, I remember a study that was completely on how to uh, essentially pray for and take care of your enemies and uh, feed them and I went, it went uh, through a lot of that. But uh, Our God is a God of justice. Uh, he is the one that we entrust ourselves to because he is the one and only God. Uh, we free ourselves from the seeming necessity to bring about revenge <coughs> on our own. When we realize it's up to him, we will stop, we will uh, not worry about that car that just cut in front of us.
2: <laughs> Things Problem like that. Of revenge is it usually escalates the situation to the point that, that more people get hurt, more problems are created, that more is wars a, that happen. That is a
0: real good point. When <coughs> something happens, like somebody cuts you off, you blow the horn. Uh, usually, there might be a phallic symbol uh, <laughs> headed your way. <laughs> things like that. Exactly. people. Oh, g- of a gun.
2: Maybe. Yeah. So,
0: and today, it could be a barrel of a gun yeah. for roadside uh, shootings. I <clears throat> better speed up. Do not commit adultery. <clears throat> The example they use here was, well, from last, uh, last week, we talked about Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Uh, adultery would be anything with someone else's wife, some other woman uh, and things. Uh, what I emphasize there, uh, Joseph says, my master has withheld nothing from me, uh, uh, from uh, me except you, because you are his wife. Uh, now, uh, then could I do such a
2: uh, wicked. wicked thing uh,
0: and against God because it's his wife? Uh, and though uh, she kept uh, poking Joseph to do this, to sleep with her, he ran away. Uh, that is the one to um, run away from, I guess is, is what they're saying there in that one. It's more than rules. Uh, When you uh, think it's just a rule, you make other things uh, that uh, don't fit that rule and then you get away with it, way of getting around a rule. But uh, in Proverbs 6.32, uh, we read, he who commits adultery lacks sense. I think that's a pretty good one. He who does it, destroys himself. <clears throat> yeah, that's a physical want, I guess, in committing <clears throat> adultery, but yet he destroys himself from that desire. Uh, rightful intent. Uh, point us to our singular union. This is the good point here. Now, I re- the point us to our singular union, when you are man and wife, We have a singular, they have a singular union together. And what they're pointing to here, a singular union between us and God through Christ. A singular union. You don't break that. Again, going back to the one God. You don't want to destroy that. Uh, And it's the uh, sacrificial union of Christ and his church uh, that one's, it avoids the destruction of himself we have faith in god's command we devote ourselves wholeheartedly to those and uh, we live by his guidance it's faith in god's commands again Hopefully. I you couldn't. Go backwards. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> he can't nail. Uh, obvious, they shall not steal. Respect others' possessions, you don't take things. Uh, they used examples shoplifting, uh, money, toys, valuables, cheating on tests and taxes, uh, distributing. Uh, copyrighted music or photos, anything without permission. Uh, They quote here too from uh, Joshua, uh, to be devoted to the Lord, uh, everything was to be uh, done away with I think except for only Rahab the prostitute there, and all who were in her house shall be spared. Uh, That was uh, back. Keep away from the devoted things. Well, everything was devoted and it was all devoted to God. So anything that was kept uh, was going to essentially cause problems. And in the example there, uh, uh, his name now escapes me. Yeah. Okay. He kept some of the plunder and, well, he ended up paying for it. Uh, You have to have that all those things are devoted to the Lord. Uh, So uh, whenever we steal, we're stealing from the Lord, even though it looks like we're stealing from someone else. Uh, The 715 one, uh, anyone who steals the devoted things will be destroyed by fire. They had here a greater purpose, and I also like that because it's actually saying that uh, called it's a call to generosity, to be productive and contribute to society, but also to c- contribute uh, your share to others. Uh, this sort of is a stretch from when we're talking about stealing from someone else, but if we have a lot. Aren't we stealing from the poor that don't have a lot that we can help them with uh, that abundance that we may have? So they're they're looking at it that way. Uh, and then the Beatitudes, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Well, the real thirst and uh, the food there. Uh, that Christians are oftentimes called in their dis- discipleship to forego those earthly possessions, those devoted things and material goods and really to give to others.
3: I think it's it, uh, along with this, uh, you mentioned at the beginning of, of be able to be generous. Uh, that was a commandment that God made to uh, Israel is that uh, they were to be open-handed with, uh, with everyone and, yeah. and uh, anyone who's in need they should help them and this was uh, spoken of cons- uh, it also concerning the, the Sabbath year when oh, uh, Sabbath you know, year. just because the Sabbath year is coming up don't withhold anything because yeah. you will not get repaid uh, be open handed and generous uh, mm-hmm. with everyone
0: You're trusting God, uh, pray for your daily bread from the, uh, in the, uh, the Psalms. We pray for that daily bread, having tested the waters uh, there. I think I went ahead a little bit there, but uh, you taste the waters without which we will have no need for thirst, mm-hmm. and that we uh, take the bread that satisfies forever. We worry not about daily bread. We follow this eighth commandment. We don't worry about what we have. Thou shalt not bear witness against uh, thy neighbor. Uh, what was it? It took two people that would testify someone before it would be believed. But here, if we again say something, That is inappropriate. We have to be trustworthy. Uh, Don't falsely accuse someone. Don't lie about things. Don't gossip. And we'll go on to that commandment later. Don't lie to God and to yourself by believing you uh, are perfect. Uh, We're not perfect. Do not defraud your neighbors or rob them. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. That was the reference from that Rose publication. Again, we're talking about the power of the tongue, that power of the tongue that governs our use of words. Uh, The reference they have is the tongue is like a bridle for a horse. It's like a rudder on a ship. Uh, Those little words can really make a change in not only our attitude, our respect, it makes a change in how other people respect and uh, really... uh, look on us when we make those uh, slips. I won't call them slips of the tongue when our tongue doesn't act the way it should.
1: So saying, bless their hearts, doesn't (laughs) matter (laughs) anymore. Depends
3: on the intent of your vote.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It's on the intent. Uh, uh, I will say that I never knew that that was sort of a way of saying well, I don't agree with you. I always thought that was a very nice saying. Bless your heart.
3: You're not southern. Yeah. I am not uh, southern. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm
0: sure above the Mason line. Dixon line. Yeah. You can say so, whatever
3: you want when you finish with ah, bless their heart. Yes.
0: But again, uh,
2: It's just a comment of pity.
0: The uh, the uh, that little bridle on the rudder they refer to there, it's a small fire. But look at what a small fire that tongue can do. It can burn down a forest. It can, well look what it did here. That's the whole idea. It's a small fire that we want to avoid. We trust our words, uh, trusting ourselves to God uh, of the first commandment. He is the one. Uh, By following in faith the God of the first commandment. We don't use our words and we think about those words uh, before they come out. Uh, The last one we do not covet. And there is the dreams of a new house and winning (laughs) the publisher's clearinghouse and a new sports car and. Uh, having the showcase wife or things like that, again, we're looking at things, physical things that we uh, need to avoid, and we have to go back to the spiritual things.
2: So if they're not your neighbor, you can cover it. What somebody else? We can right,
0: your neighbor. Neighbor. Okay. Well, I sort of interpret that as <laughs> in coveting anything. Anything we sell, yeah, yeah <laughs> because it could be the new cell phone. There you go, the new cell phone, uh, the new computer, new laptop. That's but like anything,
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: the whole thing about coveting, I, right there, we ask God to give, to provide for what we need, uh, what, not what we want. Yeah, exactly. We have to be able to say, uh, we have to get away from the worry of material material goods and material wealth. We have to understand that. Uh, there, the highlights up there, I should have made them bigger font. So the reference there is Ecclesiastes 5 9 through uh, uh, 13. Oh, I do remember the one there, okay. Uh, The sleep of laborers is sweet, someone that works hard, whether uh, they eat little or much. So they may have a good dinner or not very much, but the abundance of the rich permits them no sleep. When you think about that, you have all these things. Now you have the new car, the new house you worry about something happening to that new car, that new house. So again, you're, you're coveting something that you uh, have put down as a want, not a need.
3: And I think it is important to remember that coveting really goes back to having other gods. It's uh, creating idols. It's uh, it, it really isn't just, it's not just an offense against the neighbor. It's an offense against God because of your lack of faith that he'll provide.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's exactly where I'm going with that. It's back to there's only one God. It's that first commandment. It's a call for contentment. Be happy. Don't worry. That's a song. Okay. Uh, Again, uh, our ultimate is God's will. It's what He provides. It's not what we want. It's what we need. Be content uh, with much or with little. We're called by faith to be in con- to be content with God- what God has given us. Uh, that that's an important fact of life. When you're content, a lot of other things, kind of, sort of worries, sort of go away. almost. My uh, last thing, uh, one God, the only God, relates through all those Ten Commandments. Uh, God showed himself as a cloud, as fire, and the punishment in a lot of those violations for those commandments. What was it? It was fire. Consumed by fire. The bottom line we have faith in that one God in everything that we should do and everything we should experience. Okay, I did it again right at 7.30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have seven twenty nine. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, I have <laughs> well, any comments, yes. <laughs>
1: so what was the purpose of the Ten Commandments? if we can't obtain them?
0: It was a covenant to see what we should be working for. It's a covenant with what God promised. When we work towards that, even though we sin and everybody sins, we're still going to be uh, blessed when we do our best, when we're asked for forgiveness, when we have uh, God's grace that can take away those sins. Uh, Those commandments are there as a road road map for us in, in our living, I think. Uh, a road map would be a good analogy of to what those Ten Commandments were given us for. Yes? I
2: was thinking, talking about uh, um, being content, honestly, if you follow the Ten Commandments, You should you be will content. You have a content life, I mean, because it eliminates so much of the stress and strife that we experience. It really
0: does, yeah. Any other comments? Jimmy?
3: The law is to make us conscious of sin.
0: Paul, uh, tells that, in Romans. that would probably be one of the, we call that the bottom line, yeah. Be conscious that we're not perfect. Be conscious that we all sin. Okay, well thank you very much.
3: Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the East Side Church of Christ sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs every Sunday at 1040 a.m. as we seek to
2: live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.